Blog Talk Radio. Good day and welcome to Mama Craft's Mama Chat. I'm Donna Schwartz-Mills, also known as SoCal Mom, and today we're going to be talking with Kara Lee of CrooksandLiars.com. Hey, Kara Lee, you there? Hey there. I'm here. How are you? Oh, floating away, practically. Um, okay, how's it? Uh, are you flooded where you are? Uh, not flooded, but but we've definitely uh, built the ark and are ready when the onslaught comes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. We Californians don't do well in rain, and then six days of uh, a very heavy rain. I don't know. Uh, you know, we may all just melt like the Wicked Witch. You know. Exactly. Um, so anyway, can you believe that we're at the end of the lame duck session? Have you? Can you remember ever having one that was as busy as this one? No, or as productive, or as contentious, or <laughs> um, it's been amazing. I got up this morning at six and watched the um, president sign the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" repeal, uh. which was just. Awesome, awesome, awesome moment to see that. Um, it was, it, it was even more moving than I imagined it would be. Um, and, and partly, I think because it was, he was as emotional as everybody else in the room. You know, for for all That's the criticism cool. he's taken about, mm-hmm. um, you know, moving too slowly. If ever there was an example of where he had a strategy from day one and executed it and got the job done, it was this. And So why you know, don't we just trust him? <laughs> you know, I don't think it's in human nature to trust him, and it's certainly not in our nature to trust politicians, sadly enough. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I want to remind everybody... You know, I tried to do it with health reform, but because of the public option issue, um, that sort of hasn't worked out But as far as, you know, his strategy. But this got to the goal because Mm -hmm. he had a strategy that was a long game, played it, did it perfectly, got all the pieces in place, and it was a win. Um, And, you know, it it, it annoyed me to see Lieberman up there uh, getting credit for it, but at the same time, without Lieberman, it truly wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. you know, so I credit know. where it's due. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to get. Yeah, um, we can go back to being pissed off at Lieberman the next time he opens his mouth about something. Yeah, well, you know, the thing about Lieberman is it's always got to be about him. So yeah. health reform. You know, it was about him opposing, and with Don't Ask, Don't Tell, it was about him supporting. And given, honestly, I mean, it was he opposed the public option, he didn't oppose health reform, and given um, that this really, the Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal truly would not have happened without him, I, I will, I will give him that much. You know, he he brokered a deal that everybody could live with. So. Well. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah to Joe Lieberman. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and Merry Christmas to everyone else who really wanted to get rid of this 
horrible discriminatory policy. You know, it's it's, it's you know, I just I just cannot imagine having to hide who I am and being treated like a second-class citizen serving my country. I mean, it's just been wrong from the beginning, and 17 years of this is, it's its the beginning of a new age, and it's exciting. It is, it is exciting. I mean, in, in, the, the, in his speech, when, before he signed off, um, he concluded it with, with essentially saying, you know, we're not a nation um, that says don't ask, don't tell. We're a nation that says out of many, one. Yes. And I, I thought that was particularly profound um, and applicable for for this, you know, for this. It was it was just a really uh, amazing moment, and I'm really, and, and it was fun to share it with the people. But I fought so hard um, to see this repeal happen. You know, the the people I on Twitter and and around the internet, you know, who who really. You know, still have a fight ahead of them with Prop Eight and and with the Defense of Marriage Act and everything. But this was such a huge step forward. Yeah. Well, two weeks ago, we didn't think it was going to happen. Right. But I mean, you know, the things, all the things that that have occurred in the last several weeks seem to have gotten started with the tax compromise, which. You know, none of us are, are very happy about extending those tax cuts to the wealthiest people. But, again, I think um, – I really think that the president had to – you know, he was like over a barrel. I don't think he had a lot of choices. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I also think I, – I wrote about, I don't know, a month or six weeks ago, you know, uh, a post asking a question about – um, you know, what people would be willing to trade for, you know, in other words, if they had to give for the tax cuts, what would they want in return? And I, my guess was it would be, you know, don't ask, don't tell, the DREAM Act, and start. Those would be the three right. major things. We're not going to get the DREAM Act, and that's really sad. I mean, I, it, it, it's really sad that Republicans, it's a Republican idea. It started with Republicans. And it started with Republicans with a John McCain, you know, bill, and he votes against it. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that, I mean, for as joyous as I am about Don't Ask, Don't Tell, is as yeah. equally sad as I am about the DREAM Act. But yeah. still, uh, it does look like we might get the 9-11 responders bill, which is disgraceful that we're even worrying about it. <laughs> Um, you know, it should have been a slam dunk. Yes, absolutely, we will do this, and we won't even worry about how it's paid for. Um, yeah, but no. <laughs> because what is it? Eight billion. It's a lot of money, but not compared to eight hundred billion for the TARP. Well, that and you know, if you break it down on a ta- on a per taxpayer basis, yeah. it's about twenty three dollars a person. I'll pay yeah. ten times that to make sure yeah. those guys have. What they need, you yeah. know, they went. And, you don't. How can anybody expect anyone to go and and serve and be selfless if the if the country they're serving isn't going to turn around and and take care of them when they need to be taken care yeah. of? It is absolutely outrageous that these people have contracted cancers from the exposure to all those chemicals, and they have to spend their time fighting for their health care. 
it's uh, it's it makes me very angry. And I think we have to give an honorary hero's mention to John Stewart for not allowing this bill to to just die for for putting that at back at the forefront and uh kind of shaming the Senate into considering it again. Yeah, I agree. And 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 again, it's just sad that it had to be John Stewart. I mean, our media is deteriorated to the point where we oh. have a comedian shaming. I mean, he did a great Him job. And Al Jazeera. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he he did a great job and and he certainly um no one could have done it as well as he did even in the media, but that doesn't excuse them just completely no. overlooking it, you know, and not paying attention to the fact that the Senate almost killed it again and would have killed it had John Stewart not spoken up. Well, it's still not a slam dunk. I mean, Tom Coburn is still talking about not allowing it to happen. So yeah. the latest news I saw. You know, I... It, yeah, he is, um, and but I think that's a lot of posturing to put pressure on his fellow Republicans who are going to vote for the START Treaty. I mean, I think he's really trying to kill START, is what he's trying to do. Um, and Harry Reid, I give him a ton of credit, you know, he's willing to sit it out. He's going to wait, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think he'll get it done because, he he has six years ahead of him now. He doesn't have to worry about re-election, so he's playing a little bit more hardball than he was in the first two years. And um, that's all good. Yeah, they're going to have to play hardball. It's going to be a tough, tough session coming up when this is all over. You know, we <sighs> thought this was tough. I mean, I mean, McConnell is promising it's going to be tougher. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll deal with the president when he wants to do Republican things. That's that's McConnell's line, you know. As long as yeah. he wants to do what we want, then yeah, it's all good. <laughs> sure, it is because when we do Republican things now, he doesn't do anything. So why would he do it next term? You know, uh, but there's but you have to know that there's a huge power struggle going on, and the Coburn block is part of that. Um, but I, I mean, De- De- Dement, Coburn, you know, that group is really trying to undermine McConnell's leadership. And were it not for them, I, I think the 9-11 responders bill would have been a slam dunk. I think START would have been passed already. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just some of the most cynical politics I've ever seen coming from these real far-right guys. Yeah. And then we have the the new Tea Party contingent coming in. Do you see them as part of the cynical group, or do you see them as idealists who are being um, exploited by the Some are cynical, some others? are idealists. I mean, at, at the end of the day, they're all part of the whole John Birch, Uber yeah. right you know, and their goal is to push everything right, and they use organizations like Freedom Works and Tea Party Nation and, and these, Fox these News. other groups. <laughs> and Fox News, of course, yeah, to, to stoke the outrage. But even, you know, yeah. Fox News has now come out and um, said it's pretty, you know, Chef Smith was just awesome yesterday 
you know, shellacking the Republicans for sitting on the 9-11 responders bill. I mean, he was just beyond furious over it. And, you know, so Fox News is even on the bandwagon as far as that goes, which means it will probably pass because, you know, that's their <laughs> tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, Fox News, they're, they're, they're just a symbiotic relationship, Fox and the Republican Party. Right. You know. And then we have, you know, net neutrality that everybody hates. Yeah. So uh, that's and, – and they should, by the way. I mean, it, it really is sort of um, like splitting the baby in half and naming one half Google and the other half Verizon. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's bizarre what they did, especially the, the sort of loose limits for the wireless space. I mean, they, that, that really leaves those of us who have come to depend on wireless hanging out there in the wind, we'll be at the mercy of whoever our provider is. Not that we're not now, but we definitely will be then. The consumer was definitely not in the forefront of this. You know, they did not have the consumer's interest at mind, just the the big companies. Well, that's true, but I I also have to say that I think on that level, the net roots didn't really mobilize like they did behind a lot of this other stuff. And it, it, I mean, that could just be because there's so much going on at once. Yeah. Um, but the net neutrality issues, I mean, I had to really spend some time with them last night to understand what was going on. And, you know, it's wonky and it's it's technical. And um, I don't know, you know, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, and I think that ultimately they're going to need to do something more better <laughs> than what's been done right now. Part of it is because the FCC doesn't have any power. I mean, they restricted what power they had. Yeah. And, you know, so that that makes it tough. Right. And there's even an argument over whether the FCC should even be involved in Internet issues. And that's what we're going to probably see a lot in the next Congress. Right. And uh, uh, and I'm ambivalent about it, to be honest. I mean, I, I think there are some things that should be legislated. Mm-hmm. The problem is that, um, you know, with the, the Congress we're going to have, they're not going to be legislated in favor of the consumer. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're going to put restrictions on our ability to organize freely by, by, you know, having a two-tier system and having the people who can afford a a better service able to do it. You know, it, right. it just doesn't bode well. It doesn't bode well for for the regular people who don't have millions of Citizens United money behind them to affect change. It doesn't right. bode well at all. And we're not going to get any progress on that front either with this new Congress. Right. I'm going to miss. I am going to so miss Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House because she did an amazing job this last two years. Everything that was promised in that 2008 election, everything she got from that House of Representatives, every single thing. She is one tough lady. 
And I'm so glad she's staying on as minority leader because, uh, you know, everybody was telling her to uh, to step down. But, I mean, historically you had speakers and minority leaders, like switching sides, you know, depending on an election. So, I mean, it, there wasn't any hard, fast rule that she needed to step down after the election. And, you know, you know, they, they looked at her poll numbers, but a lot of that is just that she's been so vilified by Fox and by every Republican who was running. You know, they put Nancy Pelosi there in their ad, and they made her out to be the devil, and she was so effective and so good. And no matter how they tried to pull, put her down, she just kept coming, you know, which I think is what pisses them off more than anything else, is that they couldn't destroy her. Right. Well, well, that's just it. They couldn't, and she was effective. So those two yeah. things put together turned her into, you know, demon speaker. Right, and, and she was a woman. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, there's that, too. And, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but I think about everything that she did over the last, well, I mean, she's been speaker since 2006, but in the last two years in particular, she has gotten more done than any Speaker of the House I can remember since back to, you know, the days of Tip O'Neill. Yeah. Um, In four years. She, I mean, I don't know if you saw the the piece in Huffington Post today, Robert Borisage, and I I put the link on the Momocrats Facebook page, but um, he's got a very nice history of her speakership. And the list of things that they um, that she got through, um, you know, they increased the minimum wage, expanded investment in education and college, passed a new GI bill for veterans, they passed lobbying and ethics reform, enacted recommendations of the 9/11 Commission, children's health care, college loans, Head Start, um, and this was all. Well, Bush was president, <laughs> you know, the two years since Obama came in. Um, it's, you know, we got health care reform. We didn't get the health care reform of our ideal, but she would not let it die, you right. know? She got those right. blue dogs. She, she, she reigned this great big tent that is the Democratic Party. And she got action. She got them to take votes that were politically unpalatable. And, you know, a lot of them suffered in the election because of it. But she convinced them to do the right thing. She's been incredible. Oh, she's been amazing. Um, and, And she knew which battles to pick, and she picked them. It was interesting. I saw an interview with her yesterday, and she said, she was asked what her greatest accomplishment was as speaker, and she said healthcare reform without question. I mean, it was just instant. And and why? Because of the pre-existing conditions. I mean, everybody. I know there's all this discontent around the public option, but the real issue in healthcare reform was always pre-existing conditions. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And um, the rest of it, you know, can we we can move now on at some point. It won't be in the next two years, but it will happen, no. I think. Um, but not in, it, it couldn't happen until pre-existing conditions were gone, and she got that done. She, she the president, and, yes, Harry Reid all got that done. So, um, but, but she's been, 
I mean, you go back and look at, at what she's done, and there was one thing on that list of promises and on the Democratic platform for 2008 that she didn't get through that house. And I, I, she's, I, I'm just in awe. I truly am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And grateful. I'm, I'm totally grateful, and I only wish that, you know, I hope that someday history will prove um, or will vindicate her from all of the, you know, horrible things that have been said about her. I think they will. I, I think that so. uh, at least at least in most of the country, in Texas, will probably not do it unless the school board uh, changes over there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, it depends on nice. who writes the history books. It's true, but oh, Texas, Texas, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna miss Nancy Pelosi, and it's gonna be really hard to watch the house with John Boehner in charge. But yeah, yeah, get out the cleaner. Seriously. So it's the holidays, and. Uh, it makes me sad that so many people are in need at the holidays, but have you seen uh, what has happened over at uh, the Blogus, her blog, and uh, people giving? I am just blown away by the ripple of kindness that Jenny started. Um, you know, I'm I'm part of the Yahoo motherboard group, and they, from a corporate level, we're trying to do something similar, giving all of us who wanted to participate $100 to start a ripple of kindness. And that's been a good campaign. But Jenny just kind of started her own, stumbled into it, and it's so, fo- it's so exceeded what anybody thought she could do from, from the blog standpoint. Um, right. Now you wrote about this on your on your personal blog, didn't you? No, I wrote about it on Crooks and Liars. On Crooks and Liars. Um, yeah, I I wanted to bring attention to it because um I just was so knocked out by how people stepped up and um helped other people that needed it and um to me it felt like something that we should all be doing. So I I I wrote it on on Crooks and Liars along with my own personal experience. Two years ago, when, as you know, I was devastated at this time of year when I was laid off and, uh, you know, how it took, you know, two people stepped up and just with small gestures turned me around completely. I mean, and it, it is the same thing here. It was a lot of people stepping up with small gestures to help other people and, the comments that I got on the Crimson Liars post were amazing. Um, they they were amazing and just made me weep. I mean, people, well, we had one person who um, has an autistic son. Her mother has lung cancer, just, just diagnosed with lung cancer, and uh, they were going to turn her power off oh. today. today. Mm. Yeah. And she wouldn't get it back until January or until December thirty first, assuming that she then had the money to pay it, which to me oh. is 
amazing in terms of how inhuman and indecent that is of any utility company to do to anybody else. In the dead of winter, before Christmas. Exactly. And, you know, her son was agitated and and everything. Bottom line is she, she got her um, bill paid. It was paid and taken care of. So she her power will be on. Wow. Through. I guess we... Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm, you know, I'm not sure that everybody listening knows what Jenny did. Um. This oh, yeah. started out as a. It started out as as a small effort. She had what, like six hundred dollars to spend on. She was going to give out thirty dollar gift cards to twenty people who needed it. Right. And so, you know, they were in comments, and and as she got to the end, there were just so many more people than she had money for. And then her readers stepped up. And. Yeah. And they they contributed. They ran pieces on their own sites. And how much how much did they end up giving away to people who needed it? Was it like well, it was forty thousand dollars just on her blog alone. That was forty thousand dollars. Right. But yeah. Wow. Forty thousand dollars. Isn't that amazing? It, it, yeah. When people say that Americans are selfish, that bloggers are self-involved, that you know that all the all the things about being narcissistic, forty thousand dollars. Right. And that, that is mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. I mean, if you started to add up what's gone on on other people's blogs, I mean, just even on ours. With this one person, you know, with with one person taken care of. Plus, I know that um, I had an inquiry from my post about whether there was anybody left on her blog who still needed something, and there was, and I sent an email, which I just got an answer to, um, saying that they still did. So I'm going to pass that on and match them up. So there's a whole viral thing going on right now um, where people are reaching out and, and taking care of other people. Um, other comments on our blog, that there was a man whose wife died last week, and um, he had bought all the a ham and all the trimmings for a Christmas dinner and didn't want to eat it alone. So he invited whoever wanted to come and was in his area to have dinner. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of that going on, and... And, and to me, it's really special, and I don't think it's going to ever be duplicated. Um, well, because no, because it was she so didn't. Spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm on her site now. It's theblogist.com. She's got 1,679 comments now on this post, and um, or 1,672 comments on this post, and it's if if you are feeling like Ebenezer Scrooge. Come here and read this because your your heart will grow like the Grinch, you know. Oh um, yeah, just incredible. Yeah, it truly is. I mean, it's it's just um, an amazing outpouring of kindness, and you know, it it puts a band aid on people's hearts at this time of year. It won't fix everything, and that's the sad part. I mean, we have people who are the 99ers who are out of work and yeah. uh, don't have any prospects. 
and yeah. um, don't have any unemployment. And I think that's horrible. It's um, horrible. That, that, and I heard a report today on the news that unemployment may not get to normal levels for another three years. Yeah, I think that's probably a reasonable expectation. And it's going to be the people at the the long end of the tail um, who have been unemployed a long time who have the most difficulty getting a job. So the ones who yeah. need it the most will probably be the last ones hired. And, uh, you know, unless they get can be creative or join together or whatever. But, but what this whole thing taught me uh, was that, you know, there there is some power in being able to do even small things, you know, that we don't have to sit back and say we're screwed, you know, that we can, yeah. that, that these small things matter and that, that, and also there were, how many people were out there waiting to help, you know, that they just needed to be asked. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Um, yeah. I think it's a good lesson for Christmas 2010. And um, it's a good note to end the show on this week. So, Carolee, Merry Christmas to you. Well, And, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with a rundown, uh, a retrospective of the year you know, the Momocrats Year in Review. So thank you for joining us on Momocrats. I'm Donna Schwartz-Mills, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay.